see that um there's a teacher i i don't forgot where maybe san francisco or something sounds about right where she's going around plastering um posters for boots riley yeah when i saw that i was like (laughs) yeah like you ever see something that's just so fitting Mm. it's like yeah yeah, of course this is happening. Because it's like, we we talked about it, yeah. where we felt like a movie like this just kind of comes out of nowhere, right? And it's plopped on your lap, and you're like, how can you ignore this? Yeah. And then praise other films similar or in the same vein. It's like, all right, that's... It, it kind of be like, um, like if they made a hereditary diet. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And that was getting all the praise, but it's like, but how? It's not. It's not even know. like nearly as good as Hereditary. Yeah. So she said, "God, it's so good." This is what she told the the time, the LA Times. It's just so completely different from anything else. How is this not winning all the awards? How, are you kidding? Like, what are we doing? Like, and it's exactly what we said, where it's like, yeah. how is this movie not like winning awards? Like, it did win a lot of like independent like awards like the like um spirit award gotham award you know director guild awards uh, of america guild award whatever it does it does deserve to be on the like the best picture ballot like this it's so good like we talked about it like i don't know but i love this like idea of like going out there and, like like hey you know they're not gonna do this campaign for this film i'm gonna do it yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it's it's just very fitting because it's not like it's not like this is Aquaman. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know? and someone's doing this for Aquaman, or yeah, shouldn't that be not only for Best Picture? Or they're doing it for like the favorite or something, right? Yeah. No, it's sorry to bother you. It's yeah. Boots Riley. It's like, of course, that that guerrilla style mm. of tactics is coming in favor of this film. Yeah. And when I saw that, I just I got, I got so happy. I was like, "Yeah, finally." And I mean, to be honest, yeah, probably not going to do anything. It might get more people to watch it. Yeah, to to view it as like, "Oh, wow, maybe this is maybe I overlooked this film." Yeah, maybe I should pay attention to this film, or like that movie came out last year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's just so frustrating seeing. A film like Bohemian Rhapsody that from the get-go had so many faults. And it'd be one thing if if every review I heard about it was like, I wasn't thinking much about this, but this blew me out of the water. Or, oh, I went in there, you know, thinking I'm going to get like this movie, but like, oh my God, I got this masterpiece. No. You know what I did get? What? Yeah, it's not that great, but, like, you get to hear a lot of Queen songs. Yeah. Oh, you know, like... Best picture. Oh, I was thinking that, you know, it was going to be a little bit better, but, you know, it's not bad. Oh, you know, it's like, 
yeah, they got a lot of things kind of wonky here and there, but you know, at least you get to you get to see you know mm. a f- quote unquote Freddie Mercury on stage. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's like so that it's mediocre. Which fine, it's a mediocre film. Why are you guys trying to push it for like best picture and and nominate like best actors? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me, especially when we have films like Sorry to Bother You, where yeah. it's like, but that film was good, and I think it's like the I think it's the reverse is people seeing it as it's being so silly. Oh, how can how can a film like Sorry to Bother You win any awards? It's just it's a weird comedy. It's not really that good. It's just being weird. It's like no, but how are you looking at it like that? But then you look at Bohemian Rhapsody as like <coughs> oh, no, the mediocreness of it is amazing. Yeah, and the amazingness of Sorry to Bother You that's that's mediocre. I don't know. I think they kind of want something like a cookie cutter. <laughs> Where they're like, oh yeah, this fits into like what should win, and then, but then most people are like, but that's not what is good sometimes. Well, you know what? I I do get that because we always talk about quote unquote Oscar films, mm-hmm. but if we're if we're going down that line, right? They're like, oh yeah, these films because we talked about this probably well before about certain films that were like that got nominated or uh-huh. like. Wait, that one, and and if we're looking at it in that like point of view, we have a Star Is Born, which you can uh, you can argue that that would be the movie this year. That's more of like that's like a, the commercial success one that it got the the fans you know into it, and it's and it's like. Oh, it got these, you know, stars like Lady Gaga, and she's first time, right? Yeah. And you can paint, you can paint it that way, right? But that should take the spot of Bohemian Rhapsody and everything, mm-hmm. because Bohemian Rhapsody isn't even close to that scale, right? Like Bohemian Rhapsody isn't even as close to, in my eyes, like having that prestigiousness as a star is born. At least a star is born when you're watching it's like I could see this being nominated. Like I could see this winning something, right? Hmm. When I see Bohemian Rhapsody, it's just like it looks like a to me, it looks like a lifetime movie that they just aired in theaters. And I don't think I'm ever gonna like let this die down because I've had my qualms with this movie since the beginning, uh-huh. and I it didn't sound yeah, interesting. No. Pretty much as soon as Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah, as soon as as soon gone, as he I left, like, no, nope. uh, uh-uh, this is dumb. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, all right, this is whatever, and then it just seemed like it was getting worse and worse and worse. And we even thought it was dead in the water when they said. Oh yeah, Brian Singer, like he was finishing the film and he decided, eh, I'm just not gonna show up anymore. Yeah, I have some boys I gotta touch. Yeah, and and like that seems like okay, this is obviously this is just a shit movie, but somehow, some way, it came out and is blowing everyone out of the water. Just dumb. But if in that sense, it does make sense because we do live in a society where. 
someone like Clemson who who won the championship is invited to the White House and then they're served fast food. Yeah. And everyone's like, hey, what, yeah, what's the, I don't understand. What's the big deal? Like, yeah. doesn't everybody like fast food? Oh, I assume that's how he talks, right? I'm pretty sure that's exactly how he talks. And uh, come on, who doesn't like? At fast first, food? I thought it was like a joke, and then I was like, oh, it's real. But then they were talking about, oh, it's because the government shut down; they don't have anyone to cook them, cook for them there at the White House. So that's why he bought it. He, he just bought all, you know, he paid for all this food, right? Mm-hmm. But then how can we just didn't hire a catering company? Because it's easier to just buy the fast food. And let it just sit there and get cold until they get there. And my sister was saying, yeah, I think there's like a, a Trump Tower, like not super far away from the White House. How come he didn't set something up where he had some of those cooks come in? Because like um, where my mom works, um, they have like they always have these big conventions, and sometimes they will have other cooks and stuff like that come in. But a lot of times they'll be like, they'll ask them like, "Hey, do you guys want to work overtime? Hey, do you want to do this? Hey, do you want to do that?" And some of these parties they go on till like midnight, <laughs> so yeah. it's like. Take that, but then you're like, but the White House. He's a businessman. He knows how to make money. So the, to uh, make money, you spend as little money yeah, as you can. Yeah, so he's like, he's like, it's two for five, Big Macs. They're amazing. Trust me, I love them. And I know, I know how good food is. Burger King has the two for six, so you're spending an extra dollar, but you're still getting two Whoppers. I, I don't know. It was just, it was so stupid. I thought it was so fake. And when it, when it's my like, sister was showing me, I was like, "This isn't real. This can't be real." It's like we live in the world that the onion has created. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's why Bohemian Rhapsody because that that honestly sounds like uh, uh, an onion story. Like Bohemian Rhapsody tops the awards. Maybe we're in the the darkest timeline. Maybe shit. Well. What are we going to do now? This is the fucking news. Yesterday they dropped the teaser for um, Spider-Man Far From Home. and uh, Quote, unquote, teaser. Quote, unquote, teaser. Well, it was like a teaser. It was a trailer teaser. I don't know. It was like almost three minutes. I don't know. Like, they they, they need to get, like, because I bet you they're going to be like, this wasn't really the trailer. This was, like, just, because, like, I don't know. Like, it looks pretty good. <coughs> I love the idea of, like, Oh, like oh, we're gonna go somewhere else, and like he's like, like see, this is like the logical step for Spider-Man because he's like, well, you like me being on a class trip doesn't need like a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man because that's kind of what Spider-Man is. He just takes care of like the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, that kid said, <laughs> I don't know. You just watch out for the neighborhood, and like I respect him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, dickweed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um. Falls in line are exactly what I wanted with mm-hmm. the part two. I wasn't yeah. sure how to take it because I felt like I felt like the first I felt like the first Spider Man was probably my favorite origin story ish mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it, this one was like okay. At first, I didn't want to watch it. I was like, I I can't watch this. It's gonna give so much away. 
But then I was like, fuck it, I gotta watch it. And it doesn't give anything away. Yeah, it makes you, I think it makes you assume the good amount that you should have. And yeah, the story's playing out, it's like, okay, cool, whatever. But just like with with Godzilla, when they have the end part, where they're fighting, running uh, at each other, right at the end, where it's like, oh, okay, it's Jake Gyllenhaal. What's Jake Gyllenhaal doing in here? Why why are you in here, Jake John? Huh? What's coming out of your your fingers? But all of that was washed away right at the end where you see Mysterio and he's like flying yeah. and he has the the orb and I'm like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this is all like that's what I wanted to see. Yeah, that's exactly. All I wanted to see. Which I, I love this idea too, where like they took Mysterio and instead of just being like what Mysterio normally is, they they decided to be like Oh, he's going to be like, we're going to do that trope of like, he's like, oh, I'm a superhero, guys. You guys should like me. You know what I mean? And then he turns into a villain. I hope that's what it is. Unless he's unless he's a superhero now. Yeah. I, th- I think what they're, I think what they might do is that he's setting this stuff up. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Too. And, and. Um, unless they pull the rug out from under us and they're like, nope. Because I think what, I think like. <clears throat> I think what they could do or what it, sh- it might do is that that because they're dealing with like the elementals and all this stuff, I think that he's using like not just practical effects but like actual real life like yeah. magic stuff to help in his illusions and mm-hmm. like like oh see I'm this this superhero like oh I'm here to save the day. Yeah. And then yeah, you get that trope of like something happens and he's like Oh, I can't take this anymore. Damn you, Spider-Man. Yeah, damn you, Spider-Man. And, like, that last part, I was like, that's all I wanted to see. Because being someone who grew up with Spider-Man, very much ingrained in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I told you, one of my most, like, favorite games of all time was that Spider-Man Carnage game. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I never beat it, but I fucking loved it. But... Having Spider-Man so ingrained in my childhood and remembering the cartoons and everything so vividly, Mysterio was always that one person that I always loved his look. And I I just, I don't know, there was something about him yeah. where it just made no, him I feel like, mean. yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like after you've seen the Vulture in the first one, it's like, how could he even do something yeah. like that? Because he was so, like, so much more grounded. Yeah, and then they did something like that. And yeah. it's like... That's exactly what I wanted exactly. to see. Because with the Vulture, it made sense why he looked the way he did mm-hmm. and he was the way he was. This one, he looked like Mysterio. And it's yeah. like, I never, I didn't, when we were talking about the on-set photos or whatever, that leak, yeah. I didn't really want to look at him because I was like, oh, it's going to be something stupid. I don't want it to ruin for me. This is going to get ruined for me. I thought they were going to do something really dumb, but it seems like they're giving me exactly what I want. And I couldn't be more excited. Yeah. And one one thing I like too is that I I feel like now they're including Nick Fury more into this thing to kind of connect it more and more. And I'm like, good because like as soon as Samuel L. Jackson, well, at first I thought it was gonna be Craven, like when he shot him yeah. with the dart. I was like, what? They're gonna have Craven in this? But then it turns out to be Nick Fury. And I'm like, oh, you know what? That's pretty good. I, I like that. So someone brought up the 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 thing of like. 
Well, this is still a Sony film. It's not a like it's not a it is an MCU film, but it's a, it's a Sony film, not Disney, but it is. But it's like Sony, right? Yeah. They're pushing it. Then it's like, well, why would they have Nick Fury so ingrained in it? But they're like, maybe they have something where they're like, oh, they have to use this to do this, whatever, blah blah blah. Um, and if they were talking, I'm like, whatever. Then someone's like, we'll start bringing in superheroes from across the sea. And I was like. Oh. Yeah. He's like, they are in England. Captain Britain. Exactly. And I was like, I'm not like I'm not gonna say I'm a big fan of any of these people, mm-hmm. but imagine that. Yeah. Imagine you go over there and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit. Then they open up the universe even more where these superheroes are there. Yeah. They're doing whatever they're doing over yeah. here, right? That that'd be pretty cool. Like just that idea was like, Oh my god, if they do this then they're going to go back to America. Uh-huh. And then they're going to be like, all right, we got to go visit this school. Mm-hmm. And then you're pulling up. Yeah. And it's the X-Men. Yep. There you go. I don't know. It <laughs> it, it made me jump so far, but mm-hmm. I was like, that they could easily do that now. But, but, like, that's the beauty of, like, of the MCU is that now look at it. How many years ago? Even like three years ago, if you would have said, not only is there going to be a Spider-Man movie, but, but like two Spider-Man movies, and like it could be like an even bigger universe, I would have been like, hell no. You, you're, you're, do you even know the state of like Sony and Disney right now? Yeah, pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> crazy. Just um, crazy. It looks great. Uh, I hope that they stay their course with Spider-Man and the MCU. Mm. I kind of hope they don't tie in anything else from like uh, Venom and whatnot because yeah. people want to see that connection. But I want to see Venom come in naturally in the MCU. Yeah, I don't want to see Venom get tied in Redcon in some weird way. I don't care about that. I want to see Venom in the MCU coming later. They gotta stay their course. So. Yeah. Stoke. And one thing I didn't even realize is that we have Captain Marvel, Avengers, and Spider-Man. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Woo! 2019. A whopping 58% of MoviePass users canceled their subscription last year, according to a study. After a- analyzing 400 million transactions of it. A- of its users in 2018, 50% of its users with MoviePass subscriptions canceled their service last year. MoviePass users have complained about changes that have made the service less attractive as the company has tried to get its cash burn under control. 2018 was not a good year for MoviePass. I mean, we've talked about this continuously through last year because last year was like when they when they threw all the gasoline into the dumpster and then halfway through they they struck the match and threw it on and then like i could see like this this is like the end result and like the final like okay i think movie pass is done i don't think anyone's talking about it too much anymore well probably not because a mhm you said it's what 50 58% 58 58 should be like 76 because after everything movie pass has pulled over the last year which he said 2018 was a bad year it was technically the only year that's that's true <laughs> because, <laughs> because 
It didn't really start. Yeah, it didn't until kick off till the later in the uh, 2017. 2017. The first we were talking about later in 2017. Yeah, and 2018 was like its first year to shine in the spotlight. Yeah, and it never did. No, it had a glimmer at the end or the beginning. Um, the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, and then that was it. Just the. Just this bright glimmer because yeah. it never happened. Because I but, was in Disney World when I canceled it because I was like, I can't see Infinity War twice. Are you fucking kidding me? Exactly. And that was early in the year. Yeah, that's true. With all that, too, the fact that it's only 50, almost 60%. Yeah, that sounds bad, but I, th- I thought it should be closer to 80%. Uh-huh. Because pulling all the stunts that they've done and... Trying to go back and forth, back and forth. You would think that people would just say, like, all right, we're done. I'm, like you said, like you saw something you didn't like, and you're like, that's it. I can't do this anymore. The fact that people are still hanging on, it's like they might still have a chance to thrive. Or maybe not thrive, but they, they might still have a chance to succeed to an extent. Because we talked about that this is something people want. It's pretty much shown now with, you know, um, AMC and, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you even have the um, Cinemark one. That people yeah. want something like this. And, yeah, MoviePass isn't obviously the greatest. But the fact that there's still people hanging on to us, you know, Shows that maybe there might be something there. I would say that if we get to the middle of the year, like, you know, July, August of this year, and Movie Pass hasn't gone under, there might be a chance that it, it wherever it's at, it might stay in that niche hmm. where it's not going to overpass AMC. The fact that they're hanging out for this long and... They still have they have around like forty percent of their subscribers. Subscribers that they might stay on longer than we're thinking, and if they do stay on longer, they could fall down so far that they reach a level where they're able to spread out and then stable themselves, and then they they stay in that little area, or they're just like fuck it, let's just go under. It's a long time coming. Like I said, we, we thought this would be over by now. Yeah. And it's not. That's and if, true. So every time we talk about this, I just I'm I'm more of in hope that someone sees this and they say, Hey, let's do this, but right. Like yeah. look at AMC, look at what happened with Movie Pass. Let's meet in the middle and do something proper. I don't know. Who knows? Netflix announces its biggest streaming price increase ever. So the prices for Netflix are going up because, I mean, obviously because they got competition coming with Disney. And they've had competition with, like, Hulu, I guess. And, uh, you know, like Amazon and all that. Like, things are coming up that they're like, well, we need to, like... We need to like increase. So, the their standard plan, which has cost eleven dollars per month, is now thirteen dollars. 
you know, the premium one is going to be 16, which is up from 14, and then the basic plan is going to go up to from 8 to 9, which in, I guess the, the, I guess when you look at it, it doesn't sound like, oh, two extra dollars or an extra dollar, but when you think about it, it's like, but think about how many subscribers they have, right? And how how much an extra two dollars per like million subscribers you have, like that's how much more money money they're gonna make. So like I, right now I pay fourteen, but I'm gonna be paying sixteen. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, sixteen dollars! Ridiculous. These new prices reflect the biggest single price hike since uh, Netflix streaming service launched. I guess it's not that bad because, like, because I remember, wasn't it, like, how much was it when it first started? Was this, like, seven bucks? That's what I thought. Like, and then, seven or eight dollars? Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, if they're making content like Stranger Things and Bird Box and et cetera, and they're having constant viewers like that, right? Where mm. people aren't buying cable and dish and stuff like that anymore. They're buying Hulu and they're buying Netflix. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that it's going out more, but it's like, I thought sooner or later it was going to. Yeah. Yeah, I could see the, the bad part of it because it's like, so you're paying, you're making me pay more for less than what I usually get because we don't have the... Um, we don't have the Futuramas anymore. We don't have the Sons of Anarchies. Like, we don't have... You know what I mean? Like, But we have friends. Yeah, we have friends. Um, but, like, we always said, yeah, but I think their main goal now is to say, like, hey, yeah, you don't have that, but we have our original show that's like Sons of Anarchy. It's um, Daughters of Democracy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... I think that that's where they're trying to get you at, where they're like, yeah, we don't have this show, but we're producing these shows now. And these shows, they're similar to these shows. So, like, you're getting something similar. Like, uh, Lost in Space, is that what that that show Mm -hmm. is? It's very much like (laughs) sci-fi. You want sci-fi? We give you sci-fi. <laughs> Here's sci-fi. <laughs> Here's sci-fi. And someone like me is like, I like sci-fi. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, sci-fi. And so we watch it and it's like, okay, cool. I'm into this. But I think that they know that now. So because they're producing so much of this this original content that they're hoping that, yeah, you, you may not be able to see your Sons of Anarchy, but you have this show. And you could stream that whenever you want. And we're having this other show that's similar. And then and then we're gonna have this other like movie, right? We're making this movie and it's it's like the same vein. So it's like we have all this original stuff that rivals it. And before, I think when you say that, it's like, oh, so it's like a like a B movie version of it. But now it's like, no, they're actually getting movie stars. Uh-huh. They're getting big stars to be Oh yeah! Oh, we don't have the Quiet Place, but we have um, Bird Box. It has Sandra Bullock in it. Yeah, and Sarah Paulson. You know, she's in things. So like, you know, you want a 
a quiet movie similar. I think that that's kind of what they're going for. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not too bad. Well, despite the price hike, Netflix is still in line with its competitors for the streaming market. So, like, Hulu has the ad-free for $13. The HBO has HBO Now, which is $15. Amazon, like, Amazon Prime Video, like, it's baked into Prime subscription, which is $120 a year. But it also includes like the two the two free two day shipping, so I mean it's like, I th- I feel like it's more them correcting themselves towards the the way the market is has shifted bef- already. Like they were like giving you a cheaper price, but now it's like okay, we were, but we kind of have to like get back in line with everyone else. It just doesn't feel like anything fantastic has happened, mm-hmm. where. It's like, yeah, this course is price hike is gonna happen. Because like it'd be it'd be different if like Stranger Things comes out and then they release like a original movie that like a bird box, but better. That they release and it like blows everyone out of the water, right? And it's like, see, this is why we're doing the price hike. It's like, yeah, bird box, I guess, but like what else has happened on Netflix where you're like, Amazing. It's true. I don't know. I guess it's going to happen anyway, so it's whatever. The future is the future, and like Donald Trump has said, everything we do right now doesn't matter. Let the future worry about it. Oh, just kick the ball down down to the next generation? Yeah. to get you for a reason. There's a flower on the pillows, a flower in the bathroom. Like, we're important. The only chance we have is if all three of us go crazy on this guy. Who is that? Maybe she can help us. We're here! Help us! We're in here! Don't worry. He's not allowed to touch you. He knows what you're here for. He listens to me. My name's Hedwig. How old are you? Nine. I've never seen a case like this before. 23 identities live in Kevin's body. Who are you? Help me get out of here, Hedwig. You trying to trick me? I'll tell on you. Aren't you the clever one? An individual with multiple personalities can change their body chemistry with their thoughts. Someone's coming for you. Who's coming? The beast. There's a man here. He abducted us and he's going to kill me. 
were meant for something. Something horrible. The world will understand now. The beast is real. He's done awful things to people and he'll do awful things to you. Twenty sixteen surprise hit split brings the mind of M. Night Shyamalan back to the mainstream when Casey, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, and two classmates, Claire and Marcia, are kidnapped. It quickly becomes a game of what's real and what's fake, as Kevin, played by James McAvoy, inhabits DID, or Dissociative Identity Disorder, causing him to have more than one personality in his mind, with the total being 23 and yet to be shown 24 on his way. But how could this happen and no one know he has three teenage girls hidden? while Kevin lives down below in a building near his place of work, the zoo, and only contacting his therapist, Dr. Fletcher, outside of work. Each day the girls are kept captive, the more and more personalities come out, from a kid to an elderly woman, with Casey even trying to trick the kid personality, Hedwig, so she can make an escape. But no matter what they try, nothing works, and in fact works against them, as the girls are split up before the Beast, or the 24th personality, comes out. Everything seems to be in Kevin's favor, until Dr. Fletcher starts to wonder if Kevin's telling the whole truth. She decides that a home visit is needed, catching Kevin before he takes off, insisting to meet with him. There she starts to get a feeling something isn't right, asking to use the bathroom, but instead coming across Claire inside a closet. But before she can do anything, Dennis, another one of Kevin's personalities, sedates her and locks her up. Dennis was behind everything, with Kevin being trapped inside his mind, all in order for the beast to come forth. So Dennis makes his way into the train station and finally transforms into the Beast, jumping and running all the way back home. Once there, the Beast kills Dr. Fletcher, then makes his way to Marcia and Claire. As Casey, who is now free, sees him feeding on Claire's body. When she comes to the kitchen and she sees a piece of paper Dr. Fletcher left, with Kevin's full name written on it. As Casey says it out loud, it triggers the Beast to lose control and everyone else inside Kevin's head is fighting for the light. But it's not long till the beast gains full control. As the chase comes to a head, Casey is now trapped inside a cage with a shotgun, waiting for the beast to arrive. As he gets closer and closer, she shoots, but it does nothing to stop him. And as he's pulling the bars apart, he sees Casey's scars and leaves her. It's not long till a search crew finds her as Kevin's personality stay inside a hideout, wondering what's next for the beast. And before everything comes to a close, we reach a diner, where the news is covering the story. As two women are talking about what happened, one remembers a story from years ago, forgetting the name of the man, when David Dunn, whose story was told in a previous movie, Unbreakable, turns around and tells the woman the name she's thinking of is Mr. Glass. So what'd you think? Honestly, I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty good. The only thing I will say I thought was kind of cheesy was that tag at the end. I feel like he could have done it a little bit more subtly. This just kind of felt like it's like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Get it? See? See what I did there? Huh? Huh? Did you see what I did? Huh? Did you see? Oh, you it's mean, like I get it. You mean him. 
What was his name? Yeah, it's like, hmm. how does that make? How does any of this make you think of like that? It could. It would have been more subtle if like, <coughs> oh, like the woman's like. Like, oh, like, this is kind of crazy. Like, who knew there were people out, you know, as the camera slowly, like, pushing in. Like, who knew there were people out there like this? And, like, she kind of, like, moves. And then you see Bruce Willis there. And he's like, yeah, who knew that there were these kinds of people out there? And he, like, takes a sip and he kind of, like, looks at the camera. You know, like, that would have been more subtle where it's like, oh, shit. Like, does that mean? And then he could have been like, yeah, we're going to make a crossover. It's going to be called Glass. Uh, Yeah, I pretty much... I thought they didn't have to say anything. They could have just showed him. Yeah, right. Like they could have, they could have pulled out, and he's sitting there drinking a coffee as the story is going or he, on. Or yeah, he's just like looking at it. And he's like, st- like he's drinking the coffee, and he like stops and he like looks at it. Like that's all you have to do. Because like, yeah, there people be like, why is Bruce Willis in here? Yeah, but then other people would be like, oh, oh yeah, right. Oh, oh, like because then oh. you could create more of a like a like a shroud of like, holy shit, does that mean that this is going to lead to an Unbreakable two? You know what I mean? Like, and then he could have teased it a little bit more. But other than that, like, yeah, you know, honestly, it wasn't that bad. It was pretty good. Like, see, like, this is, like, the type of film that I feel like M. Night Shyamalan should make. Like, don't give us (laughs) Lady in the Water. (laughs) Don't try and give us Avatar, The Last Airbender. (laughs) Just do something like this. You know, when the movie first came out, I wasn't, I don't think, as hesitant as you were. When he came out, I was like, yeah, okay, like, you know, why not? Looks pretty interesting. I thought I actually wasn't going to like it as much because you're taking, what's his name? John McEnroe? James McEnroe. <laughs> taking James McAvoy. And you're putting in, in this character of characters Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it seems silly at first but as the movie goes on it's like okay that's just what it is right (coughs) and i mean for the most part it doesn't seem that bad like yeah like i think at first it's a shock it's like funny because it's like you know he's making a, a kid's voice and oh now he's like this proper woman but as it's going on, it's like, this is just a part of who he is, right? Yeah. This is what's happening. So I think after that, you get you get over that little hump. Then the rest of the movie becomes more watchable. But I will say, though, like, James McAvoy does show that, like, he is a really good actor. Like, in that, like, he's able to, like, in the one scene where he's, like, in the mirror and there's multiple mirrors. And he's, like, talking to himself and he's, like, changing character. And even just, like, the fate, like his facial like demeanor like changes with each character. Like he's really good at that though. I think um I think maybe if I had someone in that role that was less famous, mm-hmm. I I might have been able to buy into it a lot better because you know, you see him for so long and you know who he is and it's like yeah, I, I get it, but but it was like, at first, it was almost like, it was like a shock to the system. <laughs> Seeing him like, oh, I'm this woman. Oh, now I'm just this little kid. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny. Like, it is funny yeah. watching it at first. So I think that was like one of my things in the beginning where I'm like, yeah. I, like, if it, was, if it was someone that I didn't know as well, or if it was someone like, like this role, 
and Edward Norton. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I can see that. Like, I think that, like, something like that would have been good, but, like, he did really well. I, I loved him in this movie. Um, of course, the the new Scream Queen herself did amazing. Yeah. Um, Every film I've seen her in so far, has she's just been great. Anya Taylor-Joy is just like, I mean, The Witch, which is where she started, like, great. Thoroughbreds, great. Like, this one, good. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, in, in the beginning... It's kind of like whatever, right? Because it's you're just you're painting this picture of like she's kind of a loner, mm-hmm. like she doesn't get along with a lot of people. It seemed like it was gonna be about her in the beginning, but I mean, I thought physically like, oh, he was kidnapping her because, it, because he was specifically her. kidnapping her. But then, yeah, the story starts to come out, and then that scene, oh man, it cuts back to he. What what does he say? Like, do you want to play animals? Yeah, he's like, come on, let's go play animals or whatever. Yeah, and it and was he's like, like, you want me to tell your dad you're not being nice? Yeah, and I was like, oh my god. And he's like, come on, animals don't wear clothes. And it's like, what? <laughs> That's what I was like. Um, excuse me, but I, my dog has a sweater. Right <laughs> I thought it was gonna be. I thought her backstory kind of was gonna be like, oh, like. Like, oh, her dad was, like, a basically, like, a hunter-type guy who was, like, kind of like, oh, well, she went to government, kind of rises up. You know what I mean? Like, and I thought it was going to be more like her mom took her, took her away from her dad. And Taxation like, is theft. Yeah, like, I thought, like, her mom take her, took her away from her dad and, like, she resents her. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it could have been, but then he gives you, like, see, and this is where it's, like, this is why I think M. Night Shyamalan can do good he just sometimes decides not to because like something like this where like you and you you slowly paint this picture and then you give and you show us and you're like oh shit it's like way darker than it like needs to be yeah and it's like oh god damn it yeah it was like oh look at he uh he's making a funny kid voice I'm like oh oh no <laughs> But like the way that the story was told, right? Mm-hmm. When I, when I was first watching it, I was like, "Yeah, it was good," but it, it seemed like there was so much; it was all just mashed together. But like my second time watching it, I was like, "You know what? It did really well." Mm. Like going through this kind of chaotic storyline, like you're not only dealing with this man who has these different personalities inside of his head and all this stuff. But that's not even why he he kidnapped them. He kidnapped them because of the, the, beast. the beast. And it's like, and the whole time, like, I thought it was going to be just like, a, I'm a beast, or, you know, type of deal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, like, I really didn't think it was going to be, like, an actual transformation. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to be more of, like, the beast is like his his way of seeing it. This is now I can kill, mm-hmm. and so it's going to be more of like, oh, I'm going to kill you guys. Not like there's actual a physical change where he feasts on these people. Like the, when that happened, I was like, oh, so it, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> and 
it was up until that point where he changes, where I was like, yeah. oh, this is real. <laughs> well, and it's just crazy, too, because it's like, like the, the therapist said, it's like you have these different personalities who they exhibit different, like you have one personality that has diabetes. Yeah. And it's like, it's so strange because it's like, but they inhabit the same body. And it's like, how does that work? But like, he, he, he goes to show you, like, when he does transform into the beast, like, yeah, he becomes a little bit more muscular and he's like, argh, argh, I'm not. I'm not gonna wolf like a dog, but like, ah, I'm a beast. Um, and one thing that I actually really liked is when the movie came out, a lot of people shit on it because like, oh, look at they're they're painting like this mental disorder, and they're making it seem like it's it's like silly and blah 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 and all this stuff, right? And then other people are like, oh, and that's so fake. It's it's not even like that. But he actually like read these, these um, like studies. Yeah, these these different like studies and and publishings, and I believe he had someone. I'm not sure if it's this film, I think, but I'm almost positive he actually had someone who like helped him with it. <laughs> who were like, this is you know this is like real science stuff. So, you know the fact that it's like yeah, it sounds. Silly, but it's like, no, this is based in reality. <laughs> like, this is a real event. Mm-hmm. And like that, like the whole diabetes thing, like that stuff like that does happen to people. So I think I think having that, that's kind of cool because you're having something like that that's like, um, it seems so science fiction, right? <coughs> but it's actual reality. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't know. He paints that line very well, and I and see like I think that's why it works towards the favor of like getting a movie called Glass where you, you're crossing him over because Unbreakable is like that's the elephant in the room we got to talk about too because it's like without that tag would it work as its own standalone movie like if if it had nothing to do with Unbreakable and it was just like oh your guardian's here and then that's it. Yeah. I think so, too. Because the whole movie, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I yeah. was just thinking it was a story of, like, this guy turning into a monster. Yeah. You know? I think not only could it have been a solo film, but I think it gave enough to where people said, like, hey, that's that's kind of, that's, like, that's very, you know, superpower-esque, mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, they should tie it into Unbreakable, where it's like, I am tied into a prequel. And what's what's funnier is because I did since okay, having watched it after knowing all what it ties into, right? You do pick up on things that they say that kind of are like if you'd watched this without like before knowing everything, like the first time you saw it, like you would never have picked up on. Like she says that like, oh I have a like what happens when you're gone? And she's like, Oh well there's a therapist of my like a friend colleague that lives in Maryland that in Baltimore that you could that you would be transferred to. And it's like because that's where Unbreakable takes place. And then dun, they dun, the dun. the one doctor says that she was taken off the panel or like given like taking her own panel and put onto this other one, yeah. and he's like, "Well, do you think these people like have like superhero powers? Like, what are they like superheroes and stuff?" And it's like, see, like there's little things like that where you're like, "Huh." In retrospect, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, 
if you just took the 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 storyline of um, what's her name, um, Casey, mm-hmm. it's like it's very by the numbers, right? Where she's living in peril, basically, like she's living with her rapist. Yeah, and it's insinuated that he still rapes her, right? Mm-hmm. And she gets kidnapped, and you think it's this traumatic event, but this is what triggers her <laughs> being like, no, we got to survive. Like, this is, we got to live. Like, this is nothing. Like, we have to get out of here. When these other girls are like, oh, my God, like, what are we going to do? And she's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Does this sound one of them to piss, you, to piss yeah, themselves? Yeah, because, like, because I think, I think she's, she was, I think she was getting to that, that, that mode of like survival, like if you piss yourself, nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, because he's not gonna rape you. Yeah, because then they'd be like, "Oh, that's disgusting," you know what I mean? But it it also works in her favor because it turns out that personality has OCD. Yeah. So it's like it like freaks them out. That's and, and like that. I think that's what's really cool is that she's taking this trauma from her real life, and and technically you would think that this is a worse situation, but I think for her her character. I think it's in her head of like, she's like, I've been to this before. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, she probably didn't get kidnapped by someone with multiple personalities, but she's dealt with this looming figure over her for yeah. most of her life, like inflicting pain on her. What's the difference? Exactly. And so the fact that her, like her storyline is like, she's just surviving she's doing everything she can to survive up until the end (laughs) where what most people would see as disfigurement right where she has these scars she's she's beaten and abused and you know kind of some people would like would say like oh she's not she's not very 100 percent because of all the trauma in her life the B sees her as like, oh, you're, you're just like me, you know. So I, I believe like that's what it was, right? Like yeah, he wants to because he wants to because it turns out like the reason why he has multiple personalities is because his mom used to like inflict like like beat him, right? Like whenever he because she like had like kind of a disorder where she, I think she kind of had OCD where she was like if it's not clean, like yeah. that's why um, Dennis came out. Was because Dennis was like he had OCD, so he like kept things clean to protect Kevin. Yeah, like because they're they're all there to protect Kevin, but like the beast just manifests itself as like a. This is what having so many personalities does. It like it creates a a twenty fourth personality that it's it unto itself is like trying to like go after everyone. Yeah, and like I think that's what's really cool is at the end. It's not this big, like, she's fighting for her life. Like, you know, it's more of like, oh, okay, well, a good day. And he just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. It's kind okay. of anticlimactic, but it it works because you built up to that payoff of, oh, like, she is literally abused by the person who takes care of her. And because, like, the beast sees that in her, he's just kind of like, oh, I can't hurt you because you understand. You understand what it what it means to be, like, broken and, and like, and hurt and this and that. Like, so I'm not going to do anything to you. But also better than. Yeah. 
I think that's also kind of what it was too. Is yeah. like because I feel like the beast is like the yeah you're right. It's like the amalgamation of like everything that has come to that point where this made him right. Same thing with her. Like everything that happened to her, you get that at the end where they're like, "You want to go back? To, you know, with your guardian or whatever." And it's her uncle, and, and you can tell she's just like, "Fuck that guy." Kill that rapist. Yeah, hashtag me too. Hashtag yeah. time's up. I don't know. It, it's exciting to see where it goes. I'll just say that. And uh, maybe we'll review Glass 2 so we can actually see where this ends. Yeah. But I don't know. I thought it was a good film. Um, when I first saw it, I, like I said, I was like, this is, this is your type of film. This is what you want to do. You want to do that stupid shit where you don't. You bring up something 15 years later, and it's like, see? Do you see? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Do you see? Do you see? But, um, yeah, I, you know, I definitely think this film's worth watching. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool how a one-off film, or you would think it was going to be a one-off film, all suddenly turned into this maybe universe probably i don't know good and, film would watch again have watched it again a couple mm. times back to our so last week we had the critics choice awards that um as we said before like every award show and or like every award does help move them closer to like these are all kind of indicators they're not like actual predictors of like who's gonna win but like it moves you closer to like oh they're probably they, they, this person's probably gonna win or someone upsets someone else and you're like oh this might win type of thing um and the winner was roma so that completely like upends any momentum like green book or Bohemian Rhapsody had. I, I would say at least kind of disrupts that because it's like, oh, see, remember Roma and everyone was talking about that? It's back in pog form. <laughs> in pog form. And then best director was Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, which I'm more than likely going to win. It's going to be another Mexican director and Donald Trump's going to get so mad because he's like, he's like, what do we live in the darkest timeline? It's like, what? How is this what makes you say that? Because I'm pretty sure, yes, the, the Academy has like a super hardcore hard on for Damien Chazelle, but I would say that like they have an even bigger one for Alfonso Cuaron because they gave him the director or the best director award for Gravity, and I would say yeah, he deserved it for that, but like it didn't. Like, it didn't win Best Picture, but I'm saying, like, it didn't need to be nominated for Best Picture. It's it's fine. And then um, Best Actor um, went to Christian Bale for Vice, which I think, I'm, I'm going to say he's probably going to win. Because it, it could have been, like, I honestly, it could have been, like, Bradley Cooper. Or even, like, um, Viggo Mortensen, maybe? But, like, I'm thinking it's going to be Christian Bale again. And then Best Actress... It was actually not one, but two, because it was a tie between Glenn Close and the Lady Gaga, which 
I think you asked me about the Academy Awards, about like the tie, because they can, they actually can tie at the Academy Awards too. I think Best Picture is the only one that can't tie. I thought there was more, but there's only been one, and it was between Catherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand. But see, like, see, at the time, it was like you have someone who is paid her dues and was in a film where it was like, oh, this is her comeback kind of thing where, like, she did a good job, like, we need to reward her. And then an up-and-comer who is like, oh, like, she did a great job. She stood out. Like, we need to give her this award. And I feel like it's it might be barreling to that again where they're just going to be like, well, let's just, like, split the difference and give it to both. That would be kind of cool. I think uh, something like that would make more of an impact on like Lady Gaga's career as opposed to just winning it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like she did so well that she went up against this monster <laughs> of an actress. She was Corella DeVille. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and and you said it's only happened once once other or one other time. With two great big actresses, mm-hmm. it just throws her hat into that whole playing field. In all honesty, I think that's what I'd I'd want now. And now the um, the only awards black people ever get to win: um, best supporting actor and best supporting actress. Um, Mershala Ali. No. And screenplays. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, for Green Book, and Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk, which she does deserve it because she ooh, she does such a good job, and and Mershal Ali is always he's like always great like in anything I see him in he's always great like Moonlight he was good and um, Moonlight no <laughs> Luke Cage he was good Moonlight Mo- Moonlight. <laughs> Um, but like, see, and this is one thing we talked about when we kind of reviewed the um, the nominees. They have a best young actor slash actress, and that went to Elsie Fisher for eighth grade. Um, best on best acting ensemble went to the favorite, which I still haven't seen it, but I'm gonna say okay. Even though it did beat like Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians, I'm like, eh. But best adapted screenplay went to Barry Jenkins. So yeah, see, our, we're, we're right. He's probably gonna win for the best screenplay, and it's like, see, you guys can only give. And even when he wins best, um, even when he wins best picture, you still gotta try and get sneak it away from him. Like, oh yeah, but that was that was a one off. It's he, he's. I mean, yes, he's good, but like. Have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody? <laughs> Best cinematography went to uh, Alfonso Cuaron. Um, production design went to, oh, um, uh, Black Panther. Uh, Best visual effects went to Bla- Black Panther. Best hair and makeup went to Vice. And, uh, oh, that's surprising. But, like, yeah, because, uh, like, they made... See that. Yeah. Best anime feature, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, best action movie. Are you serious? So it was Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther, Deadpool 2, Mission Impossible Fallout, Ready Player One, and Widows. Uh, Fallout? Yeah. Because we can't let 
like Marvel win anything. Yeah, it's obviously Avengers. It's yeah, obviously it's, Avengers. it really it is. And then best sci-fi horror movie like so it was Annihilation, Halloween, Hereditary, A Quiet Place, and Suspiria. Tell me what one. Annihilation. Nope. Hereditary. Nope. A Quiet Place. Yep. I'll give it that. Okay. It's not better. Okay. But if we're talking about originality, mm-hmm. we're talking about homegrown. Like mm. it, it was something that came out of love and dedication from him and Emily Blunt. Mm. I totally give him that. Okay. And talking about inclusion, he was like, no, we have to have a deaf actress. Okay. And he went out and found the best deaf actress under 15 okay 14 and i mean how fucking hard was that that's that was probably pretty hard (laughs) so i say i say good on you okay so you you wouldn't have been you would what movie would you have been upset with then suspiria um probably halloween halloween really yeah because if we're talking about better right best whatever I haven't seen Suspiria yet, but from what it. everyone says, it's like it's probably in that same vein of like, yeah, I can see it winning. But all cards on on table, I thought Hereditary would have won. Yeah, me too. Or my then, wild card, Annihilation. Yeah. Um, but a Quiet Place winning, it's like it makes it's more of like as a filmmaker, it's like see, going mm-hmm. out of your way to make something like this worth it. Halloween's more of. Oh, what was that? Halloween? Oh, yeah, just give it to that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so easy to just say, like, out of everyone there, out of all the names in front of you, it's like, yeah, just give it a Halloween. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it? Yeah, just give it a Halloween. Let's just give it a Halloween. We're going to give it a Halloween. All right. Not saying Halloween's bad. Yeah. But we all know Hereditary was better. Oh, yeah. 100%. And probably Annihilation. Oh, yeah. I would say, I would say that, too. Because... <laughs> Honestly, those two movies are like probably like the best. Like, well, well, we already talked about that. They're like one of the. They're like two of the best films from last year. Yeah, the best comedy went to Crazy Rich Asians, which I was like, good. What it beat? Deadpool two, The Death of Stalin, which I haven't seen, but I heard it's supposed to be like pretty funny. The favorite, which I'm, uh, I still haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm betting that it's probably like, I'm betting it's probably hilarious. Game night and sorry to bother you, I know. But like Crazy Rich Asians, actually, I could see like, yeah, it'd be sorry to bother you, but like, was it better than sorry no, to bother you? Uh uh-uh. uh But like, but it's I I would say it's kind of the same way as like a quiet place. It's like it did go out of its way to be more inclusive, and it's not like a tr- like it is like a cut like a cookie cutter kind of movie esque. But, like, it is really funny. Like, it does have its own. Like, it, it, it can stand on its own. So, how, how does that make you feel, right? Knowing that it won. Mm. But it won above, not only Sorry to Bother You, but The Favorite. Which, even though, like you said, we haven't seen it. But knowing his track record, knowing how we're probably going to feel about it. Mm-hmm. The, way they, the way that it's viewed right there, it's like, well, this is better than both of them. But I know you like Crazy Rich Asians too, so is that like does it make you feel like uh 
it it does a little bit because I was I will say sorry to bother you was probably like the best film last year, but like I'm just glad that like yeah it kind of sucks because sorry to bother you is like super like a very inclusive movie and like what it's about, but like hey at least Crazy Rich Asians like went out of its way to be like hey we're gonna do something Hollywood said can't happen just like Black Panther. It's like if you give like minorities a, f- a f- like their own film to lead and be in and be about them, like it's not gonna work. That's what Hollywood tells you. Never, <coughs> no one wants to go see that. And then it comes out and it's it's just like decimating everything. And it's like, yeah. Do you think that it was given because they're like, well, it's not gonna win this, it's not gonna win that, and we need to show like, hey, this is good type of deal. Because you have like a, you have like something like Black Panther that's gonna win these other like technical awards and sorry to bother you. That's fine because we have Black Black Klansman. That's mm-hmm. what matters. So that can be thrown under the rug. Crazy Rich Asians. It did make a splash because it was like all you know all Asian. Yeah. Even though white people are played by Asians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be pretty funny. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, do you feel like that was it was also given because of that? Maybe I can see that. I'm not trying to take away from no, it no, at no, all. No. Just you know, when you're putting it against <coughs> some heavy hitters, I think the only one I would have been upset with winning would have been probably like Deadpool two. I don't know. Like it wasn't like that great. I can see. Yeah, I can see what you're aiming by because that. like even Game Night, if that would have won, I would have been like, yeah. Yeah, Game Night's good. Best actor in a comedy. So Christian Bale won twice. He won for for being Dick Cheney. Is that is that kind of upsetting that like this guy like monopo- monopolizes it? I mean, if it's that good, guess Olivia Coleman won for the favorite. Best song went to Shallow. So Lady Gaga won another one. And best foreign language film was Roma. Who would have seen that coming? Right? Everybody. Um, and then the Critics' Choice Creative Achievement Award went to Chuck Lorre. Yeah. So, yeah. With that, we'll say thank you guys for listening. I do. Um, if you guys want to check out all of our old episodes, you can check out our Pippo page. Yeah. And you can find links on our Instagram, our Twitter, and check those out at INTB underscore podcast. Or you can email us directly at INTB podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, um, award season isn't over yet. So, nope. You know, if you guys have any recommendations on. What you think should be the film or be nominated or your film of the year or how cool you think Spider-Man's going to be, you know, let us know. Um, do you guys still have Movie Pass? <laughs> Are you going to get rid of Netflix now that you're getting charged extra dollars? Do you love fast food that much? There's no, all things that we want to know. So, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Always appreciate it. Yes, we do. And just remember, guys. It's not that bad. It's not that bad.